everyone, real quick before this episode begins, I just wanted to pin this note at the beginning. The audio on this is kind of off. It wasn't showing that it was clipping while I was recording, but it clearly sounds like it was overpowered. So I tried to clean it up as best I could, but I didn't want to lose the entire episode since these are recorded live. I'm sorry for any inconvenience, but I hope you're still able to enjoy the content. That said, on with the show. Hello, superstar friends. Welcome to the Starfield Pulse, the settled systems number one Starfield podcast. I'm your host, Rob. Remember, you can also catch Starfield Pulse live every week on our Twitch channel at 8 p.m. Central U.S. time. Also, for the next few weeks, since there's so much news and discovery around the game, I'm also going to host a second episode each week on Thursday at 9 p.m. Central U.S. time. I know a lot of you that watch and listen are from outside of the Americas, and I wanted to say thank you, and then I see you in the demographics. I really appreciate the fact that you spend your time with me. I've also seen a great many of you come into the chat and say that you found me either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and that is just amazing. I really appreciate your support and involvement with the show. That said, the next few episodes, I'm aiming to keep it right at about 30 minutes with the last five to 10 minutes dedicated to viewer and listener questions. So if you're, li so if you're watching live on Twitch right now, get those questions in and I'll try and answer them towards the end of the show. That said, let's jump into the news of the week. It's here, everyone. The game has been out in early access since the 1st, and it's going to be live on Game Pass on the 6th. So if you're listening to this right now, that means tomorrow, or more than likely, if you're in the Americas, later this evening, you'll be able to play the game because it's a worldwide launch, and it will no longer just be early access. You'll be able to just hop on and play it in Game Pass if you're a regular Game Pass subscriber. Exciting times. I know that there are already millions of people playing the game, but I cannot wait for the rest of you to be able to jump in and play it and enjoy it right along with us. In celebration of the launch of the game and an appreciation of my YouTube members and my Twitch subscribers, I'm going to be giving away one premiere upgrade for the Xbox on the 15th. This is for the Xbox version of the game, which I just said twice. <laughs> now I know you'll be missing out on those early access days, but this will still grant you the Shattered Space Story expansion upon its release, the Constellation Skin Pack, which includes the Equinox Laser Rifle, Spacesuit, Helmet, and Boost Pack, as well as access to the Starfield digital art book and original soundtrack. And if you haven't had the opportunity to look at or listen to that thing, it is really great. Something that I already did earlier on a stream last week and I thought was, was pretty nice, hop into that soundtrack and that art book and you can put it onto a slideshow and it'll just go through different piece of arts while playing key music from the game. And I gotta say, with the time I've spent with the game so far, one of my favorite things is the scoring, I, which may sound weird and actually kind of to me feels weird to say, because I can remember as a kid when I was a gamer that I would just like turn video game music off and play my game and listen to my own music. But this actually is just, it's beautiful. It helps set the mood. It really feels like an epic score to go along with this game. And I can't wait for you to get the opportunity to enjoy that if you haven't already. So those are still great benefits and good luck to whoever ends up winning. 
That said, I was not fortunate enough to get early access to the game, so I do not have a review ready for you, but I do want to talk about some of my early impressions. I do not want to give away any spoilers yet, though. We'll save those for about a month from now when we can have like a full spoiler cast. But for now, let's just stick to systems and maybe a few light... I really wouldn't... I really hesitate to even call them spoilers because they're from missions that are so early in the game, which are more like an introduction to systems, more so any kind of narrative spoiler. And for those of you who are familiar with the game, just to kind of give you a little bit of like figure out where I'm at, I just got done raiding a space station. I hit level 16 had that fanfare and immediately put my system to sleep so I could come in here and start recording this podcast. Now I know some of you were probably much further than that, but I've been kind of going off the beaten path. I was on spoiler. We go to the moon, which you've probably seen in almost all of the marketing material for this game. I wandered around the moon for hours just to find out some of the different things that you could get to show up and your instance you know and your procedurally generated if you will segment of the moon and i found some cool things i found a cave which had some rare resources that i was able to actually collect and that finished off my survey of the moon because i was stuck at 95 percent and all i could really find was ore and more specifically iron ore for the longest time but i was finally able to find that last resources i need to finish my surveying of the moon so going through my alerts this week the news i've been seeing were much different than those that we saw leading up to early access instead of over promising stubs from trash sites we're starting to get genuinely decent guides reviews and think pieces on the game now this article i'm about to go over may have a few again like i said Hesitate to call them spoilers because they're from within the first few hours of the game, but nothing past like the four hour mark. So if you've seen any media on the game, like I said, you'll probably know these already. And this first article that I want to talk about comes from Kotaku, which sometimes I wonder if they just love to hate on video games more than actually write about video games. But this article ended up being not too bad. And this was from one of my alerts. So Starfield is officially out in early access for those who got one of several special editions of Bethesda's long-awaited sci-fi RPG. So there's your little preamble setting up to what essentially was a group chat for a number of members of the Kotaku staff who pre-ordered the, you know, the... Uh, the special upgrade and this is what they kind of had to say so ethan gash said starfield has to be the weirdest big new game experience i've had this year i've played five hours straight i would have kept going but a space cowboy's got to sleep at the same time there were so many things that underwhelmed me or confused me how far did everyone get and what was your most memorable experience and Alyssa Mercante said, I'm currently trying to track down the VC guy with Sarah. I'm still a bumbling idiot in menus, still struggle to quickly determine how much ammo I have in my weapons, which ammo is for what, how to see the map of an interior space, can you, and other stuff that's almost all a mix of weird UI and impatience. And actually, hold on one second, let's switch the... Alright, so you can see it right there. 
and other stuff that's almost all a mix of weird UI and my impatience. I got that exact kind of grippiness in terms of gameplay loop that I expect from Bethesda. I don't really care about any of this shit yet, but I'm sort of lazily plotting on and I'm mostly enjoying it most of the time. So she's had a bit of a struggle, which I've seen is kind of consistent across different people playing the game. And that is these systems, there's a lot of them, they're deep and they're dense. And because of that, it's causing quite a bit of confusion until you finally start to get them figured out. And we're going to come into a specific case of that later on in this article that even I myself struggled with. And I try to dig through these systems pretty deeply to figure them out. It's just one of the things I do. And I, and I overlooked one. So Levi Winslow said, I'm maybe four hours in. I got to New Atlantis, met Sarah and the Constellation Gang, then dipped off to Mars and Venus to hunt for Mora. I'm finding some of the systems quite cumbersome and unintuitive. Like, why do I have to bring up the weapon menu to select a different gun or whatever? It's weird that in other Bethesda games you can quick swap between weapons on the fly, but you can't in Starfield, unless I missed something, which is totally possible. The game gives you so many tutorials for its menus and systems that a quick swap could have been buried. Still though, I'm having a blast living life as a space cowgirl. Currently, I'm on the hunt for some legendary ship. Well, Levi, you did in fact miss something. Now. I missed this as well because I don't know that you actually got a tutorial or a very good tutorial and I was bouncing back and forth between playing on my PC and playing on my Xbox. So going from the controller inputs to the mouse and keyboard inputs, Levi, you missed it. There is absolutely a way to go into there and you can bind up to at least 12 to 15 things. Uh, it's on your quick menu. It's mapped to like the D-pad if you were to play on a controller or Q if you're playing on your keyboard and if you're in your inventory I believe it is you can hit B to favorite a weapon and that will put it on your quick menu for you and then you can pick where you want to have it so yes you missed it but it's also not that self-evident so don't feel bad for missing it Carolyn Petit says, I admit, I only got as far as the door of Constellation Space before calling it a night, and perhaps it'll grow on me, but it just felt very dated to me, very much like Bethesda holding on to Bethesda design concepts that, in my opinion, it really doesn't need to hold on to anymore. For instance, when I arrived in New Atlantis, I immediately walked past this group of people who are just dispensing exposition at each other in the clumsiest way. One character says something really disparaging and messed up about a certain group of people, and someone else calmly replies, that's unfair. Before proceeding to rattle off an entire story about a positive experience he had with them, all while everyone else in the group just looks on. People just don't talk or interact this way, in my opinion, and I felt less like I was in a bustling new city and more like I was in ride for a like more like I was in line for a ride at Disneyland where animatronic figures are still filling me in on the ride's lore. So this is also a common complaint I've seen throughout different reviews and that is the NPCs feel lifeless. They feel like they're animatronics at like Showbiz Pizza, Chuck E. Cheese, or any other kind of like theme park that you would go to. Additionally, I've also seen a comparison to where they're like the staff at like a Star Wars hotel or any other immersive experience hotel where you're the hero and they're just kind of be there being characters, but they're not like real people. They don't come across as being real individuals. They come across very video gamey. And I think that that's a fair call out. I've, I've also pointed out in some of the videos that we watched from the direct are some sections where the one cowboy boy just sat there and proclaimed his love for somebody and it was possibly 
the worst acting job we've ever heard in a video game. Like it was bad. It's like I think my only something to the fact of I never loved anybody until I loved you, and it was just the corniest, cheesiest thing I think I've seen. And I, I pointed it out every time we we run across it. Regardless, um, the, the, some of these things are, are fair criticisms. So. Going through this list, and I'm not going to go ad nauseum, but they really touch upon these points over and over again that, one, they're having fun with the game. They are enjoying it. But two, there does feel to be outdated systems where Bethesda didn't really take the opportunity to grow and advance the genre. They've kind of made a great RPG or a very good RPG, but it's nothing like next level, right? So that's what I really take away from that Starfield chat that they had. But that's not to say that people aren't, in fact, loving this game, because if you were to take a look at Metacritic, you'll see that currently the game sits with an 86, which seems at odds with the rhetoric we've seen around social media, where there's kind of two camps that either love Starfield or hate Starfield. And it feels like some of these people loved it or hate it before the game even came out. And a lot of it has to do with where they fall on their console. And personally, I'm console agnostic, so I like to call as I see them. And the game it's fun. I really enjoy it. But there's some fair criticisms fair criticisms to be made. And I'd like to point out one podcast I listened to actually this morning while I was mowing my lawn in particular. And it was a kind of funny X-Cast. They had Snowbike Mike, Paris Lilly, and Gary Witta on there. And Gary, while he's very hard to follow on social media sometimes just because of the things he gets up to he genuinely has some very good constructive criticisms when it comes to games and for those of you who aren't familiar with gary he's like an award-winning writer for video games he's been and you know not just games but also i believe in tv and maybe some co-writing credits on movies i'd have to go double check but i do know that gary is very um He's done a lot. He's not just a podcast host on Kind of Funny. So Gary, too, made the comparison with the NPC dialogue that you have a lot of exposition dumps. And I didn't get too deep into this in the Kotaku piece, but they did talk about it a little bit. Where you're going through a city and you're not necessarily interacting with an NPC, but the NPC is within earshot of you and they just start having like these speeches, and you know they're talking to you because they're trying to fill you in on background information of what's going on. But it just, it makes no sense. Like, it, it serves the purpose to inform your character of things that have happened in the world, which, you know, it has a utility. But it's not, the, the way it's being served could be done better. It's like if you were to just walk by me and I was a town crier and started just giving you the history of, you know, the Redcoats came and this year and you're like, I didn't ask you about that, dude. I'm just like trying to go get a Coke, right? It, you know, it make, it's really odd. So that happens a lot. And there needs to be a better way. And in fact, there is a better way that they did it within the game. Very early on, when you get to New Atlantis, and you will go and to the Constellation little hangout 
you'll leave there and you'll go to a recruiter for the, um, the UC. Now, while you're there, you can go down to the basement and you can go to a museum and you'll walk through the museum and it will tell you exactly what happened to earth, why we're no longer on earth, what happened through the county war. It will tell you about different technologies. Notice I'm saying different technologies and not telling you what those technologies are at this point because I don't want to spoil that for you. I want you to take this opportunity and go and see that for yourself because it's a great way to kind of give those exposition and lore dumps. It's It does it all through the guise of a museum that is very well designed and would look like something that you would go to now if you were to go to a modern museum and walk through and find out about different historic eras. And I really enjoyed it. And they did a good job with that. So it shows that they can come up with creative ways to give us these exposition dumps without just having random beggar on the street corner be like, hey, can I have pennies for the poor? And oh, by the way, in 2155, this guy did that and this guy did it. And that's why this is named, why this is named. It's like, please find a better way to convey the story to us other than these exposition dumps. It's old. It's tired. It doesn't make sense. You can do better. But also the biggest criticism that's out there that I wholeheartedly agree with is the inventory management. And I don't say these things to, you know, undermine the game. I say these because as we have constructive conversations around games that come out that we enjoy, you know, games aren't static. It's not like it used to be where a game was released on a cartridge. It was never touched. It you got what you got and then that was it these are games that are they're not it's not a live service but they're definitely looking at what's happening and making adjustments based upon player feedback so if you are upset about the fact that you have next to nothing that you can carry before you're encumbered and then you can no longer fast travel on the surface of a planet and it feels like your companions are reduced to pack mules Please say something because yes, there is a way that you can spend points into systems to upgrade the carrying capacity of yourself and upgrade the carrying capacity of your companions, but that's not fun. And we get very limited skill points at the beginning because we get them tied to levels and it just kind of feels a little slow and we need to use those on other things like do more damage, unlock locks use our boost packs effectively, target weapon systems, different things that are fun and interesting other than just spending points into being able to carry heavier things. That's not fun. So please, Bethesda, if you're listening to this, watching this, listening to other criticisms from around media and different people within social media, please adjust the way encumbrance works in this game first it's it's really not fun in any game and it's especially not fun when it feels like you're so limited so quickly because we already have items that we are required to carry like our our uniforms our suits our helmets a couple weapons and by the time we do that we're already like it feels like we're two-thirds of the way through our weight allowance also what sense does it make that we can walk around on different planets with different gravities, and that doesn't impact our encumbrance, right? If I'm on the moon, why can't I carry more? It would only make sense that I can carry more on the moon than I could carry on Mars 
our Earth or a bigger planet with heavier gravity. So I can, they do a good job of displaying this with your boost jumps because you can jump further on planets with different gravity, but it doesn't impact your encumbrance. So hopefully they go back through and address that. That's so far, that is my biggest gripe in the game, the encumbrance system, because it, it really just doesn't make it a whole lot of fun. But like I said, there's a lot of great discourse going on around the game right now. It's sitting with an 86 on Metacritic. It is sitting with a 88 on OpenCritic. There are a lot of people that love this game and have given it high marks. You know, but then there's also people like Dan Stapleton from IGN who gave it a seven out of 10. And Dan has a lot of fair criticisms in his review, but yet people have just gone out and attacked him on social media. It is crazy. Conversely, you have people like Paul Tassie, who has gave it a 9.5 out of 10, who said, I really do love this game. Yes, Bethesda doesn't match some of its peers in many places, but in part, that's because it's trying to do everything all at once. But if you wanted a giant Bethesda RPG set in space with better combat and a whole lot of time to level and build things and explore and find secrets, yeah, this is it. They did it. Enjoy. So again, we're seeing the gamut. Just because people have valid critiques and criticisms doesn't mean that they're attacking the game. It means that they're having a discourse around the game and trying to potentially have adjustments made that will only benefit us all in the long run because this is just the start. This is, release for this game is not the end. This game, again, not a live service game, but will continue to be supported either through the developers or the modding community over the course of probably the next 10 years. So this is really just a start and I can't wait to continue to talk to you about this and hopefully within the next few weeks I can hop back on here and say hey guys guess what they did it they changed it they redressed the encumbrance system because it is terrible and oh by the way I'm a giant pack rat I was going through and you guys saw on live stream that I was just filling Burt's packs with every styrofoam cup I could find because this game has so many things in it that you can pick up and do something with. And oh, by the way, you're just going to weigh yourself down and start poisoning yourself. And it is just, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. But there's a good, there's a good review out there by uh, Gene Park who said Starfield makes good on its galactic promises. As a story and as a game, Starfield is about ambition, how technology serves humanity, but also the humanity we lose in service of technology. And Gene goes on to talk a little bit about the development of the game and expresses his feelings and Gene does a really good job. So if you're looking for a pretty great review to read that I would suggest it, I would suggest the Washington Post Washington Post review by Gene Park. So that said, let's go ahead and get to some of the viewer comments. So remember that you can always reach me at starfieldpulse at gmail.com, just like Greg did. And Greg says, hi, first of all, thank you so much for creating this content. I really enjoyed listening to your podcast and I've been listening on the Podcast Addict app on Samsung phone. 
The podcast is great. I really like all the details you've been providing along with your opinion. I also appreciate the fact that you've gone out of your way to avoid any spoilers, and I look forward to continue listening as the game launches and things move forward. The only critical feedback I would offer is this. On the podcast, it gets a little distracting when you keep interrupting your train of thought to talk to people in the live stream. It might be better to try and limit it to once every eight to ten minutes. It does get mildly annoying when listening. I understand you want to bond with the audience, but I think that's great. I know that you asked for feedback, and I wanted to provide you with an honest assessment from my personal point of view. I'm so excited for this game i'm 58 and yes i played the original palm game when it first launched when i was a kid and it's been fun seeing how advanced gaming has grown over the years i truly can't remember the last time i was this excited for a game to launch as a fan of your podcast i just wanted to say again how much i'm looking forward to listening as things move forward for what it's worth i'm just closing with sharing some of my pre-launch prep character names gabriel hudson cody banyan and fox michaels ship names pirate raider Queen Anne's Revenge, Fighter, Genghis Khan, Explorer, Sir Walter Raleigh, Explorer, Sir Francis Drake, Cargo Atlantis, Cargo Harvester. Keep up the great keep up the great contribution you are providing to all your followers. Cheers, Greg. No, Greg, thank you. I really appreciate the candid feedback. That's the only way I'm going to get better. And hopefully you noticed in the way I kind of formatted this show that I'm trying to actually take actionable, uh, yeah, take action on the feedback you provided. That said, in chat corso says hello hey corso hello to you telescope mike is a bit loud sorry about that uh and then we see hosey 88 thanks for the first time chat i mean they made you pay for subscription and storage in eso and i've said this before and i will say it again one of the reasons i stopped playing eso was because of storage it was terrible i had like 10 characters that one i played and the other nine were mules and then when they had you get the reagent bag locked behind a subscription, I was done. So I pieced out on ESO. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I hear you. I it gives me anxiety. I ca I can't deal with it. And so once the, I really hope they deal with an encumbrance, it is what maybe stop playing Elder Scrolls Online. I hope that I hope they take care of that. Also, on the mod front, they're coming fast and furious, and I've already seen two different ones that add DLS support, but we'll talk more about that next week. That's off and off, folks. Remember, if you're watching this on YouTube, to like and leave a nice comment. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, please leave a comment and add a review. If you're listening to this on your second favorite podcast app because you can't find it on your first favorite podcast app, email me and let me know what I'm missing. For all, into the Starfield.